Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. Today we have guest speaker Christine Dijon, CEO and founder of Music and Language Center. Christine Dijon wanted to combine her passions for language and music to share with students all over the world. The Music and Language Center provides high-quality, interactive online music and language instruction to learners everywhere. Their mission is to provide the highest quality and level of language and music instruction for all levels. The Music and Language Center wants to accommodate students from all backgrounds. Christine in this episode shares her experience as an international artist and teacher who performed in Europe, Asia, and the Americas. She is a passionate music educator, and she has taught clarinet masterclasses in Armenia, Cyprus, Thailand, Peru, and Poland. Christine has been part of several sociocultural and educational projects around the world and the Minnesota Project Opera. In this episode, we talk about all the things you love to do and how to make a life out of it. We talk about how homeschool education for your child can focus in on their interests and hone their strengths. We also talk about being able to immerse yourself with foreign language above technicalities of learning the foreign language that will enable you to truly understand the emotion and culture of the country. Lastly, we talk about having more genuine connections with our students will give them the desire to move forward in their studies. Go grab your coffee, go grab your tea and a pen and paper because you're not going to want to miss what Christine has to say. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy, and today we have Christine Dusson, CEO and founder of Music and Language Center. Christine, say hello to our listeners and tell us something you think most people don't know about homeschooling. Hello, everyone. Uh, so to answer that question, I feel like oh, what a lot of people may not know about homeschooling is the fact that it can be really liberating uh, in the sense that we have the ability to uh, pace how we want to learn, uh, when we want to learn it, and being able to uh, continually challenge ourselves. And if it's done in the right way, I feel that a lot of families uh, can really benefit from from homeschooling for sure. That's awesome. How did you get started in homeschooling altogether with your music and language center? So the way that it started basically was uh, in 2020, I had been doing some online teaching work uh, as a single teacher. And there was a point where I was living in Europe, uh, oh, wow. in France specifically. Yes, it was pretty, it was quite an experience. I had actually been working at the Philomenie de Paris Project Demos. And I had also been working at a, a conservatory of music, like a, a small school that was in the south of France. Uh, and so one of the things that happened was as a result of the pandemic, everything obviously shut down. And it was pretty crazy and scary at the same time because I wasn't able to work. And so basically what happened was I said one day I sat down and I've always been a supporter of education and um, I love sharing uh, my different experiences and knowledge of the different travels, um, be it with language or even with music. 
and I made a list on a piece of paper so that way I could see it. Right. <laughs> so I could believe it, right? And essentially, I wrote down the things that I was good at, the things that I would be able to do and share with students. And so uh, we had done a little bit of work in regards to course curriculum. So it, I, I wrote everything uh, by myself. And now I actually am able to have uh, people help me write things. Um, and what's really great about that is that, you know, bouncing of ideas. And gradually, uh, throughout the pandemic, uh, we started seeing this progression, uh, exponential progression in regards to the interest in our program. And when I was able to hire more teachers, because it got to the point where I was teaching 14, 15 hour days uh, to try to keep up with demand, I, and I couldn't do it anymore. So I uh, had decided to uh, form the Music and Language Learning Center as a means of being able to offer the, the curriculum that I had written uh, and being able to share that with more people. And as a result of that, uh, of turning into a business, uh, I was able to double the amount of students we were able to serve. And so I'm, I'm very lucky in the sense that I hired very great teachers and I could definitely vet for them. And so, yeah, that's, that's the journey <laughs> in regards to, in regards to that. That's amazing. So you were in France when the pandemic uh, started? Yes. Uh, so at the time I had been uh, pursuing a diploma, a diploma in uh, Prix de Perfectionment at the Conservatoire de Versailles uh, for clarinet. And then I had also at the same time had been studying at École Normale de Musique in Paris. So it was um, conducting, so orchestral conducting at that time. Uh, so in addition to that, I was also um, writing my PhD thesis in cultural studies uh, and actually being able to work at the same time. So. I, I did a lot of things. <laughs> yes, you did. Oh my goodness. Were you able to, uh, did you have to stay in Paris or were you able to come back to the United States when it all began? Well, essentially uh, at the time I got a phone call uh, from my partner who was living at the Canary Islands or still is living in the Canary Islands. And he said, Christine, something bad is going to happen. And he bought me a ticket to the Canary Islands and so I had went to Spain uh, to uh, stay there throughout the period of the pandemic. That's uh, and until, amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's pretty cool. I mean, I can't complain. I mean, right. It was. Uh, I mean, I was able to really build, uh, be in a place where I, I was able to build more in uh, the creativity of creating courses. Yeah, was, you were. I was really on fire at that time. So. <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine you probably got your obviously your French is amazing and your Spanish probably became amazing as well so my grandfather is from the Canary Islands so I love Spain I'm oh my goodness I, I can't wait to bring my husband there to see where my family was from and everything so that's I think it's so I think it's so cool because you actually bring authentic and genuine language and music you are a musician and you've been in the countries for which you teach the language, right? Yeah, yes. Uh, for example, with the curriculum that I created was um, in a way of approaching language in a more practical way, you can say. Um, I, Organic? My students, they all, 
Well, yeah, uh, organic slash practical in the sense of like, what words do you really need to know to start a conversation with someone? Uh, I remember having taken a different language classes when I was a student and just being underwhelmed because oh, okay, we go into the structure of the sentence and things like that. And we, I do that. I, I believe it's strong. It's good to have a strong theoretical knowledge of the language because it helps with the writing. Uh, and so one of the things I, I really focus on is being able to help students develop the confidence they need to be able to express themselves. Uh, because half the time we live sometimes in a society where people, oh, you made a mistake right like we're always like under a magnifying glass so i always try to say it's okay to make mistakes but at the same time to really just encourage that um from inside and inside the person the people yeah <laughs> that I work yeah with. totally and sometimes our mistakes lead us to excellence right as long as we recognize them not even so much as mistakes, but as a way of not to do it and to move forward and learn the right way to speak a language, uh, study music. Actually, I, I taught Spanish for 20 years and I did get my degree in music. So I know they're both foreign languages, big time. I remember being in school for music and we started off with 40 kids in our class and three graduated. <laughs> I just remember everybody crying and wanting to get out because, you know, they, there just wasn't teachers who really were able to, I guess, teach those simple, um, yet complicated and complex um, things in music the right way, where, you know, you're not under a microscope, but you're able to learn and to move forward and to really begin to appreciate music and understand music for what it is and foreign language. So I think kudos to you for bringing it all together. What was your inspiration to bring? They just seem so far apart, but yet if you're in the subject, you know that they're not so far apart in a sense. But what made you bring it together and create like a curriculum and to create a, you know, a program that offers both? Well, it's one of those things that being able to think about music and language when we think about how we communicate through words. You know, when we think about each word containing multiple letters that produce sounds. And when we connect that idea to music, well, it's, it's a similar thing, except uh, it's a matter of being able to convey emotion, uh, whether it's in classical music, Baroque, or even popular music that we listen to today. And for me, it was, it was always one of those things that I felt that music and language were very two things that a lot of time people would say, oh, they're, they're so different. And I, I, for me, the, the, there's so many things that cross over. I mean, when, even when you think about how animals communicate, you know, when they communicate through sound, um, with cats or dogs or even frogs, <laughs> right? And, and <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, they communicate to one another. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and for us, you know, as humans, we listen to that and we either are, you know, annoyed or either really happy or we we think, oh, wow, that's really cool. I wonder what they're talking about, you know, type of thing. And so for me, um, there's so many parallels. And that's part of the reason with the logo, um, I always heard birds singing and, you know, um, but in a sense that singing that we hear 
is actually a way of communicating to other birds, right? So uh, that's that's why we we have the logo as, as we do. I know that wasn't part of the question. But... No, I love it. I love the fact that you added that because just knowing about, you know, your heart, where you started, how it all started, and your inspiration to do all things, I feel like, I feel like parents uh, can really resonate with that. And at that point, when they start learning more about the person behind the curriculum, behind the program, there's something that really connects them to you. And it's no longer them just taking a class. It's now them meeting someone that, you know, they care about and that cares about them and they're able to learn more. So that's really something that I feel is so, is so important. So any information you want to add about, you know, your heart and where it all comes from, I think is so valuable. Uh, can you take us through like a lesson, like one lesson, maybe a beginner lesson of what that would look like for a parent in music and then one in language? Oh, for sure. Um, when it, what, um, the, to, to add a little bit more to what you had mentioned, I feel, you know, one of the things that we need more in education, be it homeschool, be it on school, being, public school, private school, what have you, is being able to make genuine connections with our students. And that's, I, I feel like I saw more results, you know, even just asking them simple things of how they were doing, um, what are they going to do? Remembering small facts about, oh, they went on vacation, the things they like and don't like. And I feel like in that sense, that does inspire them to be able to do more, to be more active and more present. Now, in regards to the curriculum that we have, uh, so we're currently doing a redesign of all oh. the things that we're doing. Yeah. So a lot of the time uh, right now um, with, you know, making sure that uh, we increase interaction. So that way it's not just having to rely on the instructor to uh, be the one that's interacting, uh, but also to uh, the fact that the students would be able to interact with the presentations um, independently. So a lot of the time, what I incorporate for the language courses uh, is the introduction of the vocabulary. Uh, there's typically like a theme uh, for the for the language classes that we have. And so usually then we say, okay, what is a greeting to you, right? So being able to also inspire that type of um, uh, in-class discussion from students. Uh, being able to understand why it's important that we should learn this vocabulary. So this is typically uh, for the ages eight to 12 years old uh, that we that we do this. And then afterwards, then we do like different types of activities, right? So for example, if I were to say, okay, right, tengo mi lapis, and then and then if I were to just give it to you, like pretend give it to you, and then the student would get and they would say, ah, oh, I have your pencil, you know, like, uh, you know, type of thing. And that type of interaction, that type of imagination um, may actually makes it funny because sometimes they don't have a pencil. They have like a marker uh, and, you know, being able to see those things. And uh, also to uh, adding audios so that way students would be able to also listen to the audios again. Uh, so that, that kind of gives an idea. We also do like matching exercises, hangman, you know, uh, being able to apply the different um, aspects of what they're learning 
it's pretty progressive uh, because when we learn a language, sometimes we're just, we don't have a choice, right? So it's like, okay, let's go learn, you know? Um, but we try to keep it fun and interactive with the students. So for that part. So for the music, uh, the music classes that we have, uh, those, uh, it depends on uh, what you're looking for because we do music theory, we do music history, uh, we do ear training, we do, it's actually a complete curriculum of what you would expect uh, in a conservatory of music or even, you know, in a music school. And so essentially what I've done with that curriculum was I've taken um, courses throughout my uh, formation have made it so that way they were more approachable for younger ages. So it's not saying, okay, please write me a 10 page essay on uh, this composer, but instead saying, you know, in a matter of like a paragraph, tell me what you think. Because a lot of the time people um, don't ask that question to kids enough, you know, and, and I want to be able to inspire that type of conversation because a lot of the time when you ask kids what they think of something they'll tell you straight whether they think it's like great or they think it's like complete garbage so it's always interesting to see how that works so um typically it's very progressive um in regards to introducing notes um being able to introduce uh solfege ways of hearing different intervals uh, being able to find games. Uh, I provide a lot of resources in regards to that. So students, uh, even the video version of our classes where I record the lectures beforehand and students view them, uh, make it also uh, a way of being able to interact also. So it's very interactive. <laughs> wow, that is really dynamic. So I know that in language, there needs to be a lot of practice. How do you measure the mastery or the understanding of each student as they're going through lessons? So it depends on the teachers. Uh, for me, the way that I, I mean, I'm very lucky in the sense that I've had uh, very excellent students. <laughs> so uh, I, I remember them very well as if, you know, uh, I know their capacities, their strengths, their weaknesses, what they what they need to address, you know. And I'm very lucky in the sense that, you know, there's so many different resources that come out every day. Uh, recently, one of my students, uh, actually, she's entering as a freshman uh, for, uh, for high school, uh, took a placement exam for Spanish and tested into 12th grade Spanish. So she had surpassed, yeah, according to the exam, the, the exam that she had taken uh, for to enter. And so um, she has a very strong uh, theoretical knowledge and understanding and is very bright. And so, I mean, those are some ways, some of those successes uh, that my students um, have achieved uh, through language. Um, there's some students that I've had who have tested into um, who actually surpassed their expectations of, you know, testing into certain things and winning. Some of them actually have won prizes. So, I mean, that's a way of assessing it. Now, for students who actually need a grade, uh, because we do, there's some students that take our classes just because they want to enrich their lives. Right. <laughs> but there's some students that take our classes because um, it's part of their um great they need a grade for it so a lot of the time the way that i assess those people is like 
in a different way, just because of the fact that, you know, if I'm going to give a grade to someone, they have to be able to respect the deadlines, complete all of the assignments, uh, being able to complete the recording assignments, because uh, I also provide uh, opportunities for students to speak outside of class. So, and, and I feel like by creating those opportunities for, for kids uh, makes it so that, you know, they feel more comfortable and, and they feel supported outside of our meetings. What would be like an example of an opportunity that they would be able to record? So for example, sometimes like if I have a student who's like obviously surpassing and exceeding expectations and I don't want them to get bored, <laughs> then I say, okay, well, okay, let's do daily journals. So sometimes I have students who record, um, like, you know, like audio record with the phone, you know, just be like, la, 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 right? Oh, and like a vlog? They would send, yeah, like, well, audio, like with audio, right. or sometimes they have uh, with the image. I mean, it depends on the kids, you know, I'm pretty flexible. Um, and they send those to me privately um, just because, um you know they want to be able to share that with me and you know whatever experiences they have and I, I and i found that you know by being able to listen to those and to provide feedback uh is is really important and sometimes i respond back depending on what they say so if they ask me a question hey christine ¿qué tal? ¿Todo bien? then i'll then i'll uh, make a recording of me talking about my day and to see how they understand. So sometimes we have that type of back and forth and which is really cool. Yeah, <laughs> that is really cool. And that's so needed because that's what language is all about, right? Communication, back and forth, feedback, and, you know, just literally just that back like that volley back and forth talking. I love that. That is really awesome. All right. So as we are wrapping this up, what is the call to action? Where would they be able to, you know, reach out to you, connect with you, uh, be able to see your program and register their child? Uh, you're more than welcome uh, to email me at Christine at music and language center.com. Otherwise, uh, you could visit our website at www musicandlanguagecenter.com so it's all together so it's, there's no weird spaces and things like that and and to follow us on facebook uh we we do a lot of interesting projects abroad and uh we look forward to having you join us <laughs> oh that's awesome so last question is there one thing you'd want to leave parents with just one big takeaway that they would take from this conversation today sure i would probably say that when we learn a language or even when we learn music uh, and sometimes when we feel frustrated about the learning process it's it's normal but to be able to acquire the skills of language and music is a process that sometimes we, we forget and that we, we have to be more patient with ourselves, more forgiving, more open uh, of being able to accept, you know, that it is, it, it can be difficult at times and to just keep going and not give up. Right, because language and um, music are both right brain, right? They're more on the creative side, not so much logical. And that's part of our brain that we don't always activate, right? It's kind of uh, the forgotten part of the brain. <laughs> but 
<laughs> it actually, when we tap into that portion of our brain, it gives our left side, like our left brain opportunity to rest and relax and process whatever logical, mathematical, scientific things that we've been doing throughout the day to process. And we are at the same time still using our brain to learn. Actually, I, I have not just, I have one more question. <laughs> so, so one oh, more question. Me. Yeah. Questions are great. Yeah. So have you had students in your program be able to like excel in other in other subjects because they took your class or they took your program well i've had uh yes uh it depends on the person uh for example i I recently had a student uh that i worked with him for about i think five years (laughs) and he actually recently got accepted to northwestern university in evanston illinois and while he took music and he took uh, uh, French uh, with me, I, I can see that uh, a lot of those skills and a lot of those, um, because it's not just about the actual language, it's not about the actual like mu- theme, music theory or music history, it's the actual like trust and building that type of confidence. And I, I'm very... Um, I'm very disciplined in in how I a- approach teaching in the sense that you know there are expectations being able to teach accountability uh, soft skills uh, being able to develop more interpersonal uh, communications and being able to transmit that through these different types of topics and uh, he he did really well and I had another student who um, got into the Massachusetts uh, Institute of uh, uh, Technology, and she she really is enjoying her time there for the fall. So she she was really happy about and about it because uh, I, I had written letters for both of them. And I, I feel like in a sense by being that pillar of support for my students, um, because I know I had teachers that helped me that I can only hope to pay it forward, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and I and the reason why I ask, is I've known that a lot of times people who take music tend to do really well in math types of careers and they tend to excel, which makes total sense that she got into technology. And I think a lot of people don't realize that in music, there are so much critical thinking skills, math skills that are needed. There is, you know, strategic things that we need to think about, and especially with foreign language as well, where it's sitting there over in our mind, thinking about how am I going to start this conversation? How will I, where will it go from here? You know, how will I communicate? How will I get my thoughts out to this person and with music how do i get my emotions how do i get my my feelings and how do i have someone connect with me musically and have them feel my expression through that it's very powerful and i think a lot of times we dismiss the potency of both foreign language and music and not realize that i know they call them electives but they really are so important to solidifying everything else like they bolster all of our other subjects so when we have someone like you who's extremely authentic you've been to the countries you have that to offer students as well as being part of a musical community where you've been around 
great, you know, musicians, you're able to impart that to students. So that to me, the authenticity of all this is so important. And the fact that you're so passionate that you, even your logo, you're, you wanted to explain it because you're thinking, maybe they won't understand my where I'm coming from. So I'm gonna explain my logo so that way they can see the connection to everything that I have going on. So I love that. I really think it's fantastic. So thank you so much, Christine, for just sharing your experiences, your testimony, and, you know, just all your expertise. Just thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, Bex. Yeah, definitely. You've been listening to the Homeschool Advantage podcast, where you get the scoop on all the latest vendors that fit your lifestyle. Thanks for listening. Also, follow me wherever you listen to your podcast to stay up to date on the next episode. You can also visit my website where the episodes will be and for my free lesson plan course, which can help you if you have different vendors and you're wondering, how do I make them all flow together? Let me help you with that. And if you're a vendor and you think you would like to be on the podcast, send me an email realedtalk at gmail.com. Leave me your name, contact, website, and I'll get back to you. Thanks for stopping in with me and I'll see you on the next time.